Seltzer Kings podcasts. Hi, everybody. I am Joe Welke. I am Vance. And we are the hosts of Boys Watching Buffy, a podcast where we go through every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the first time and give our review and reactions. So come join two men who call themselves boys experiencing Sunnydale and the Buffyverse for the very first time. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you can find podcasts. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through Sex and the City for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cavan. I am John Sieber. I'm Kevin James Doyle. And today we have a very special guest with us. We're very excited. She is the author of the HarperCollins, the burlesque handbook, and Fierce, the history of leopard print. And she's the headmistress of the New York City School of Burlesque. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Joe Weldon. Hi. Hey, yes. Joe. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And uh, she didn't be in here. And she did not wear leopard print today. That is a lie. <laughs> she is it's, wearing um, a full leopard print dress. It's actually it's Jaguar. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. John is right. It's not leopard yeah. print. I is, told you. Is that, <laughs> I knew it. is that your next book? The history of Jaguar print? Um, I actually decided that uh, the term leopard print is a colloquialism that covers uh, the majority of big cat prints. So oh. that's great. And the history of leopard print that just came out last month. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, congratulations. Ooh, thank you. I, I feel like your intro was, it was like your two books and what you do with the School of Burlesque. So you're one of our guests that has so much to encompass. And I want to talk about the books, but um, can you just tell us like a little bit about yourself before we get to Sex in the City stuff? Tell us a little bit about yourself with Burlesque and the city, Burlesque and the city. And yeah. just like what, give us a little bit about yourself. Well, I worked in strip joints from 1980 until I moved here in 97, 98. Okay. And I, I, I worked in him a few more times after that. But I got into it because I had seen all these great pictures of burlesque and had seen Gypsy Rose Lee and all that. And um, and I was a featured dancer, which means you do these long themed acts of like 15, 20 minutes. And they're themed. The, they kind of look like what you think of when you think of burlesque in New York. And uh, when I moved here, I had quit performing. And then I went to a Neo Burlesque show and I went, oh, I do that. <laughs> this is just the part I like. And yeah, so um, I sort of fell back into it and I was writing and um, I made a website. And this is before anything, uh, you know, there was no, I don't think there was even MySpace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like GeoCities, GeoCities. or one of those old... You remember the websites at the bottom that had like the number of people that visited the counter? Yeah, yeah they actually yeah. had. And I, I had a Geo counter. Cities. Yeah, yeah, one of those <laughs> old school websites. G strings forever. <laughs> and so I was, yeah, so I was, it was actually about strip joints, but then I started adding the burlesque stuff. And so I, you know, I listed all these books and I talked about burlesque. So people started to think of me as like a burlesque educator and ask me to teach. So I did. Oh, wow. So you just got into it because people were like, you know a lot about this and you might as well teach. 
yeah. you had performed? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd been doing some version of like I'd also been doing performance art and naked poetry readings and punk okay. rock bars and stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, there was a, a mix of everything and uh, it kind of mixed all my interests. And yeah, I just started performing again after thinking I was done. Okay. And yep. loved it. I mean, it was a very small community then. Everybody was super friendly. I mean, they still mostly are. And uh, yeah, and then I started traveling. I would I would never have thought burlesque would take me around the world traveling. So that's pretty exciting. That's awesome. Where Where's the most interesting place that you've gone to do burlesque? Uh, Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And oh, there's so many good places. Uh, Vienna. I'm going to Prague and Berlin this year. Whoa. Man. Yeah. And I That's never really thought. Exciting. Yes. I'm shocked. <laughs> That's amazing. I got to start yeah. doing burlesque. So. Yeah. Join <laughs> me. Yeah, really well, it to. took me a while. Yeah. To be I, yeah. 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 I got to yeah. start yeah. so that by like 2030. Yeah. yeah. I've definitely put in those 10,000 hours. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You're an expert. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, I would say you probably are the Malcolm Gladwell expert on burlesque. <laughs> if you were going to write a chapter on it, it would probably, it would be you probably. Uh, she literally wrote the book on it. I wrote the book. Yeah. Have you ever done a Malcolm Gladwell? burlesque like with a big wig no but i kind of love that <laughs> you have like books and i want to tell you about i don't know i can't do a, a lot of, no. <laughs> there is there is a malcolm like in the book uh his book outliers there is a thing that he talks about in that that's basically the people that that get into a lot of things it's just that uh collision of like chance and like what you're doing yeah. so it is interesting that you're like yeah, I became the expert on it, not because I was like, I'm going to do it. It was like you had already done all the work. And they're like, the oh, work and then, we're yeah. sending you to Prague now, you know? Yeah, I was like, oh, here's a, here's an opportunity. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. That's great. So, so very grateful for it. We all So we also ask people this, and this is because it's a Sex in the City podcast, and you've been in New York since around the time when they were doing the show. What is your experience with Sex in mm-hmm. the City, if any? Maybe not. So this is kind of random but i feel like when you move to new york you become adjacent to everything mm-hmm. you know and um so i've been i've had a lot of sex in the city adjacent things like mm-hmm. i worked at the cutting room which was partly owned by chris noth so he would be around a lot and did you see how all of our faces just we all when you, we all were like yeah because we are we're big uh Big, we're well, big, we're big, big, guys. big fans. But oh, the, yeah, he's the great. cutting room is where we oh went gosh, to, right. to we went Cynthia to... Nixon's birthday party. Oh, was that the cutting room? Yeah, it was probably because of Chris Knopf. It, it was when she, yeah, announced her candidacy. I didn't even forever. know that. I Because ha- I haven't been bartending for a while. So I was bartending there and I was also doing burlesque there. And Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's a Knopf connection there. Yeah. And he was, you know, very easy to work with or yeah. work around. I, he wasn't my boss. Yeah. He would just show up. Wait, did, so he owns it or he... I have no idea what his connection is now. He was a part owner or investor. Okay. Then like, you know, I never really yeah, got yeah. into that. Mm-hmm. But, but that he place... was invested and, um, you know, he was a good tipper. So a lot of times <laughs> owners don't tip. So I was impressed. That's cool. All right. So you, so you were at the cutting room next to Noth. Mm-hmm. I did. I interrupted your, your connections to the show. So yeah. Okay. And um, I lived in the West Village and I, I used to run into, oddly, not Sarah Jessica Parker, but mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick on the street all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Yes. And then my roommate, this was not that long ago, my roommate, Julie Atlas Muse, coached Kim Cattrall in a movie called Meet Monica Velour about strippers. No way. And then Julie couldn't make it to the premiere. So she asked if I could go in her place. So I did. And I ended up sitting with 
Kim Cattrall and Liza Minnelli. Oh my what? Gosh. I know, like it's so random and awesome. And then there's something else. Oh, Patricia Field. A lot of my friends worked for Patricia Field where I'd been shopping for decades. So I got yeah. a lot of leopard mm-hmm. print there. Like literally it was just this like landmark for me. Like I would come to New York before I lived here and I had to go to Patricia Field. Yeah. So it's just this kind of like, you know, like I say, adjacent mm-hmm. thing. W- would you consider yourself a Sex and the City fan? Have you seen I've the show? I've enjoyed it when I watched the show? it. Okay. I, but I never really, I never really followed it because we didn't have a TV. And then I would go over to my girlfriend's house, and she she loved it, and so I'd watch it with her. And this oh, cool. is still in the nineties. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so like when it was when it was on. Mm-hmm. Did you notice uh, New York change? I'm assuming you were here before Sex and the City, and now you're here after the Sex and the City. Have you noticed in your specific field? things that have changed about New York because of the show? You mean in burlesque or? Yeah. Uh, Or even in just, you said like you lived in the West village, even there, because like that's a set of the show pretty much. Like people go to Magnolia and stuff like that. Oh, Magnolia. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. So I, you know, I moved here because I was interested in like CBGBs and then I ended up hanging out at Don Hills and everything. And there's like this overlap. Mm -hmm. Again, that adjacent thing of rock and roll and everything else. And um, I think for me, uh, well, I made a lot of Cosmos. I, <laughs> I made a lot. Do you like Cosmos? Uh, I don't drink, but they, okay. lo- they look delicious. <laughs> yeah, I love cranberry juice. So, uh, it, and it just, uh, for me, you know, I, I had only visited here before. Mm-hmm. So I actually moved here after the phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... What I saw, what's changed for me the most is like having lived on the West side and worked in mm-hmm. a lot of the clubs there, like mother and all that, is that there used to be, you know, wig stock and there was mm-hmm. a, a bigger, a big drag community over there. Just like a, you would just see drag queens just walking around on the street or just mm-hmm. people in drag or just gender queer people. And I, I don't think it's gone, but I don't definitely don't see it as much. And Interesting. they, you know, there's that Highline neighborhood, which, which looks yeah. like it's CGI'd in in parts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially at the end yeah. of the Highline. Like, um, yeah. so it's, and, and that shopping area there in Chelsea is totally different than right. the meatpacking district where we used to like, you know, I worked in this, I must've been an illegal strip club over there. And, <laughs> and there were, you know, like everybody was, there would be drag Queens and then there would be, you know, women working on the street and everybody kind of knew each other. And I don't see that. Yeah. There. Yeah. The, um, is there like, does it feel like, Oh, there's, that was like things change or is there a, do you feel like there's like a sadness to like, cause New York clearly has changed a lot, you know, in place there's the High Line now. And then, you know, what was that one bar? The, um, that was there, the, uh, hogs and heifers. Uh-huh. That closed and now there's, you know, an Apple store. Is that, is that like, ah, that's the way it is? Or is it like a sadness to it? I actually was talking about this with a friend of mine who's another writer named Ada Calhoun, Mm -hmm. who uh, wrote a book called St. Mark's is Dead. Yeah. And she grew up on St. Mark's Mm -hmm. and she says that she would hear one person after another say, you know, this was the golden age of St. Mark's and it was always a different age of mm-hmm. St. Mark's, a different era, and that it would always be like when they were 19. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, I moved to New York looking for different things, and I see different golden eras, but I think it's hard to say. Like, one day somebody will 
accidentally be right and culture will be dead in New York. But I've never, you know, I moved here wanting to go to libraries and readings and plays and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and they're there, like they're there. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it's easy to like, um, just the positive spin that I feel like you have. Like I've, I used to be a tour guide, so I knew I like, I feel like I've thought about and studied a lot of the airs of New York. And mm-hmm. there is like, there are quotes that you hear from 1910 that are like, uh, it's all, it's all over. And it's like, um, things change yeah. a lot. And, and also there's plenty of areas spread out, out in Queens and up in the Bronx and out in Brooklyn that are not the, that n- didn't have stuff going on then. So I guess it's, it's just changed the yeah. neighborhoods of where that stuff is going down. Yeah. And I've been priced out of several neighborhoods and, mm-hmm. but I feel like even in burlesque, like in the 1930s, they published a whole book about the golden age of burlesque and how burlesque was dead now. And this is like 1930s mm-hmm. and here we are in yet another golden <laughs> age of burlesque. So. Um, well, I think we, we're going to watch the episode and we're, we're today we're watching, um, it's season two, episode nine, old dogs, new dicks. And I think it has something to do with there, dra- there is a drag queen element. There's but a drag not, queen element. We're not I don't know if there's any sure. burlesque element, but there's I'm pretty burlesque. sure there's a drag queen element in it. But we're going to watch it and find out and, and come back and chat about it. Yeah. And the burlesque scene was teeny. Um, during back there. then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll, we, uh, we'll be back. All right. All right. Awesome. Bye-bye. Episode 21. Old dogs, new dicks. Carrie tries to get Big to stop checking out other women when they're together. Miranda and Steve's opposite schedules become a problem, and Samantha runs into an old hockey player boyfriend who is now a blonde drag queen named Samantha. Charlotte is turned off when she dates a man who has not been circumcised, while Samantha claims to prefer it. And now, back to the boys. This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Mondays. There are over 90,000 people missing at any time, and over half a million are reported missing every year. And that's just in the United States. I'm Mike Morford. And I'm Jess Betancourt. And in our podcast, Missing Persons, we discuss cases of people who have gone missing under mysterious circumstances. And we're joined in each episode by guests who are either related to the missing person, investigating their disappearance, or advocating for answers in the case. Missing Persons is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and there are dozens of episodes to binge on right now. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. Welcome back, everybody. Woo. Wow. Can't wow. teach an old dog new dicks. Can't. <laughs> old Can't. dogs, new dicks. That, that was quite an episode. I'm excited to talk about that. That was a real good app. That was a very yeah. good app. It's, I, it's real good to see Steve again, but I will say I got some, I got some, uh, I'm missing Skipper a little bit and maybe uh, Miss Skipper. I, I will say, Joe, do you know who Skipper is? No. He's a season one guy. Who we played by an actor that we're we're we talk to everyone. We're friendly Ben with. Weber. We've talked to Ben Weber. Ben, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. We'd love to have you on the show, Ben, and we love you in general. Uh, he's a he's a character from the first season that we don't think comes back, and he dated Miranda, mm-hmm. and he's a super nerd, and we kind of miss him. He was he was Miranda's only other recurring boyfriend, I believe. So, far, yeah. so yeah. it's so it's, far. 
it's good to see Steve. I'm I'm really excited to kind of get to know him a little bit, loosen him up like a like an old baseball mitt. But right now, <laughs> oil it's him like, up. Oil him up. I I miss I miss Skip. You know that's that's understandable. I do. I will say though, people have said this. Like we we met Steve last episode. And people have said during the whole time they're like, you're going to love Steve. Steve. Like we've had guests on this show say that. And we, and the more we get to know him, I, the more I like him. And I, and also I got to say this, I noticed this, this episode, Steve's in, he's in good shape. Yeah. Steve knows Steve works out. Our, John, why don't you give a rundown of what happened in the episode so Got we can it. get to get to talking about I, all the wonderful things that well, happened. Well, the, uh, the, the theme of this episode obviously was change, and I think all four of the ladies were experiencing change in some way with their relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlotte's change was, uh, I think one we'll spend a lot of time talking about, she was dating a gentleman named Mike. Uh, he was a food critic, five whisk scale, of course. Who was uncircumcised? Yeah, his, and, uh, which is funny. His name was Mike Flapper. Oh no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he uh, he gets circumcised. What we think is for Charlotte, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. There's a twist. Uh, yeah. Um, Steve and Miranda. We find out they have very different schedules. Uh, Miranda is an early bird. She's got to get the spin. Which, by the way, still like, going strong. Spin is bigger now than it, ever before. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know it was a thing back then. I didn't either. Uh, they have different schedules because Steve is, of course, uh, bartending at his bar and getting home really late. So uh, there's some change going on there. It's actually Miranda who ends up changed. Great last scene of the show, Ooh, by the way, I thought. Such a good last scene. Um, uh, Carrie and Big are going through. She's trying to change him. It's At first, it's about checking out other women or smoking cigars. But I think it was really a communication issue, which mm -hmm. we'll talk a little bit more about. And then lastly, which I thought was a great scene, we meet Samantha, the drag queen, who was uh, an ex-hockey player that Samantha met, who is now uh, a drag queen that goes by the name Samantha. Which yeah. And looks really, just really like fun. her. Looks just, yeah. <laughs> looks just like Samantha. Um, Yeah, I would say to jump right in and say one of the things maybe I liked about the episode was having, um, Samantha a little more Samantha, Kim Cattrall, right? Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Samantha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samantha. I forgot. Um, Samantha more <laughs> in a, out. yeah, more in a box and not like, I feel like sometimes when they let her storylines run free, it can turn into like the Marx brothers and it's just like, bah, 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 bah. and so, uh, when you were describing the whole plot, I was like, I really, there was some weight to this episode and I liked it a lot. And it was kind of nice not having her in every scene. Which is interesting because the episode description is like Samantha visits a drag queen that yeah. she used to. And I was like, oh, that's for sure going to be the central plot. But it was not a big story. It was yeah, a two minute thing. And it was kind of like a gag, but it was like in in and out without her every scene just being like can you believe it yeah what did i do like there's yeah. a weird thing too with her where she um where she gets like the the episode i forget what it was but it was the the it was written by the same person that wrote the greatest showman it was the freaks episode yeah mm -hmm. freaks. yeah and samantha you know she there's the plastic surgery thing mm -hmm. and i feel like anytime that she gets kind of shut down a little bit and like in this one when she's talking to the drag queen she kind of gets shut down a little bit there's something she's not like you said, like usually they just let her run free and then she just kind of like takes over things. And when she gets shut down, her presence is like very removed from the episode. Mm -hmm. Like, you notice something missing. Yeah. She's like a she's like a heavy spice. You take it out of the <laughs> recipe. 
This usually has a little more Samantha in it. <laughs> so, Joe, Don't I have to know. that right now. No more cumin. She's cumin. <laughs> Where is it? Mm. Have, no more Samantha. Have you been to a drag queen bingo before? Oh, yeah. I've worked at them. Um, really? Like, as as, as a, a ball puller. <laughs> really? Yeah. As a ball puller. I, didn't, yeah. I did not know that was even a thing. It, it isn't right usually. Usually they, they do the all the stuff. But. Would, would you say that... I've noticed, at least in the last maybe since RuPaul's Drag Race has been around, that drag has exploded in popularity. Uh, it definitely has, and I and I've always been amazed because there's that the you know my early impressions of drag queens, you know, in nightlife, mm-hmm. um, was that a lot of a lot of the people that I worked with would be very invested in their wardrobes and costumes mm-hmm. and everything and not that invested in the rest of their lifestyle. Sure. And now I feel like it's more integrated because it's more understood. I yeah. don't know. I'd have to ask, you'd have to ask a drag queen. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's it's amazing to see drag queens be um, appreciated. Yeah. And to see the artistry appreciated. And I think it's, you know, it's not really a new thing at all so it's interesting to see it treated almost as a new thing yeah i i just know i went to my very first drag show for my friend andre's birthday uh and it it was like in town hall or city hall mm-hmm. like a huge auditorium it was packed and there were people of all different ages and, town hall and, the big venue like near Times square yeah yeah it's like a giant theater huge and it was it was and i didn't i had never seen rupaul's drag race but it was all the select all the stars from that show and there's a lot of jokes that went yeah. over my head but it was it was super fun it after was amazing after this wedding in chattanooga tennessee that i went to late last year it was like 11 p.m and like the wedding had died down and we we're like where do we go and some people were going to the hotel bar, but we heard about this this gay bar in Chattanooga that was had like apparently an amazing drag night. And we went and it was because there was like drag is not big in Chattanooga, I don't think. <laughs> Except for this know. one place. Uh, I believe that it is referred to as Draganuga. Drag <laughs> It's huge there, Kevin. I'm just kidding. I don't know. But it was it was like it was cool being in New York, it would be uh it would have been the coolest bar and coolest show I've ever, it was just like packed. It reminded me of like when you go into like a set from a movie, it almost looked like the matrix or something like that. And there was just tons of people there and it was the only drag show I'd been to, but it was absolutely amazing. Super fun. Yeah. So in, in Atlanta, there was a, I, cause I moved to New York from Atlanta where I was from when I was 11 to when I was 35. And there was a, club called club rio mm-hmm. in the 80s where i saw rupaul oh, wow. and oh, wow. uh wayne jane county so wayne county became jane county mm-hmm. and john sex and phoebe legere so it was really interesting to have not been you know i wasn't close to any of these people but i saw them there yeah. and then to see them become big stars and it's amazing to see rupaul really doing his her thing yeah, yeah kind yeah, of amazing awesome. that's pretty, really is, great that yeah. also make i don't want to spend like too much time on this but it makes me think of do you know the movie paris is burning mm-hmm. that's about the drag scene in new york yeah and that is that kind of where it was like you're saying he rupaul was in atlanta is there a huge birth out of like the 1970s drag scene in new york with paris is burning is i'm not an expert to- on that i mean i know a lot of those people but i would i'm so far from an expert on drag history i've just always been around it because uh drag 
life and gender bending have always intersected with the things that I'm interested in, like, mm. you know, sex work or um, not because they're doing sex work, but because you live in the nightlife. Mm-hmm. So I've always been part of nightlife. I've worked in bars. I've been a bartender. I've been a stripper. And, and there's just always an overlap in nightlife. And I just feel like without it, there's just not much flavor to nightlife mm. without drag, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, based on my Chattanooga experience, I completely agree. <laughs> that was the coolest place to ha- hang in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, when we when we were watching the show, uh, you mentioned in one of the scenes, you're like, "Oh my goodness, I used to live there." Uh, do you? Remember, I think it was in the beginning when, like, it was right where like, Village Cigar. Right, like I used West to live Village. on Christopher Street uh, oh, awesome. between yeah between Sixth uh, Avenue and Seventh Avenue. Were, were there? Uh, was there a problem of? In- uh, construction workers constantly checking out women in that corner like I, there wasn't the show yeah i mean you know when i was when i was younger i mean then it you know it's just that non-stop street harassment thing yeah. and they're not really looking at it that way you know they're looking at a kind of lighthearted way right, right. and it's interesting because they didn't really wrap up that through line yeah about you know uh men checking out women they didn't really reach right. a conclusion on that um you know, just the looking is one thing. Like they didn't really show the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they the shifted. Hey, baby. All, yeah, I feel like they shifted all that behavior just to what Big was doing to Carrie all the time, where he just yeah. ended up like checking out other women all the yeah. time. It yeah. is. It is a big switch in in New York. I guess we're anywhere, but where it's a primarily walking city when like everyone has on Canada Goose jackets or big parkas, and then all of a sudden when it's like warm out, it's just like man, no one has clothes on. Speaking yeah. of short shorts, you, your shorts pretty are pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm rocking they're, some. They're riding yeah. up there. Right? Oh, dude, I'm so wearing some. You. <laughs> you got some very short shorts on. I I had to wear like long sleeves and uh and pants and boots today. So you're going full Tommy Bahama. Today. Oh yeah, I yeah. I was I'm I'm definitely in my beach zone right now. <laughs> and I as I was walking over, I, there was. I could see there was like four or Did five you get girls called by a lot oh, of Oh yeah, they're whistling. Like hey baby. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're all female Woo-hoo. construction workers. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I think that uh to speak to the through line, I think that it was it, it, what my takeaway from it was that there was just a communication issue between the two of them. Mm-hmm. That she obviously yeah, had a problem with the with the the checking out other women and the cigars and he had the problem with the oranges. And I mean, and they were act, yeah, they were acting out because they weren't talking, and exactly. you know, it was it's a episode about communication, right? Know? Yeah, yeah. Like, go ahead and talk about it. Don't hold it in. Which yeah. is good. It's good to see them actually make a relational breakthrough. Like yeah. it, it sucks yeah, that every- they had to be as a result of physical violence for him, like pushing her out of bed and then her hitting him. But I was actually like. I'm proud of you guys. Like it was their first Big time shows up with the turtleneck and they actually talked through some issues. It was like, all right. I thought for like- sure he was going to break up with her. That's oh, yeah, what yeah. I thought. Yeah. I thought it was like, yo, it's over. Yeah. When he and started I- into that monologue, that was that like little, like five line monologue that yeah. he did about that whole thing. I also wonder if that was his audition monologue for the show. I think, <laughs> his, I think his audition monologue was, um, I'm being executed tomorrow, so you ladies don't mind if I smoke a cigar with my parole officer, do you? It's so and funny. By the way, seeing seeing the girls' faces too, they're like, I know. "This man is such a handsome little devil." Like <laughs> they were so into that. Yeah, he I, was pretty arrogant, and kind of a douche then. Which I I guess we ended up supposed to think that, but I was just like, also I hate cigar like cigarettes inside obviously bad but cigars inside oh, cigars yeah, outside that's... is the worst that's an insane level of cigars smoke. inside is like cigarettes inside is like i'm i'm a jerk 
I'm smoking inside mm-hmm. and making everything smell. A cigar inside is like I'm the worst. That's yeah, just I'm like, just gonna like, ruin everything around it's me. It's like an air horn. Well, it was yeah. interesting because he an said it's horn. you know he made that sort of Freudian joke. You know, it's never just about the cigar. Uh-huh. Right, right. When they when he and Carrie were talking about what was really bothering her. Yeah. So that was I love that little you know Easter egg, little Freudian Easter egg. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I felt like you know when uh. Steve called her to look at the moon. It mm-hmm. reminded me of the movie Moonlighting. Mm. Did that? I'm not familiar with that movie. I know the TV show Moonlighting. No, it's different. It's different than that. Yeah, I don't know it's Cher and Nicholas Cage. Oh my God, Moonstruck. you have to watch Moonstruck. 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 Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene where they talk about the moon and then he wakes his wife up to look at the moon and it's this really big thing. I don't know. It just reminded me of that. And we're sa- we're recording this on today is the biggest m- lunar eclipse of the century. The night that we're recording. So after this, Ooh. we have to go look at the moon. <laughs> wow. Ooh. A lot of moon stuff. After this, we should all call each other from a payphone like Steve did in Miranda. <laughs> yeah. Say, hey, go look at the moon. It's, it's funny moon. how we all thought that that scene was going to be something other than it was because yeah. of that one of the movie. What, what movie is it? Love Actually. Love where, Actually. Yeah. You know, well, not just and also. No, that's um, Love oh, Say man. Anything. Say, say anything, anything where he's holding up the boom box. Oh, yeah. You think he's going to be out there at the boom box and he's just calling her from a payphone to right. look at the moon. We all yeah. we all totally got misled because of that movie, which probably came out after that was filmed. No, no, no. It came out. Say anything is from the 80s. 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 Oh, I'm yeah. thinking of a. What am I You're thinking, thinking of? Love of Actually, when he holds up the sign when she walks out of the. Oh, but the that's in the front door. Uh, that's yeah. the front door. That's the front door. And if we we can have a discussion on that scene from Love Actually later, which I find very offensive. I hate that scene. <laughs> okay. I have never seen Love Actually. Um, let's let's talk about like one. Uh, uh, let me let me make sure I actually feel this way rather than just saying it. One of the most ridiculous plot lines in in the show was of having Charlotte's boyfriend get circumcised. For that her. was so insane <laughs> to think. <laughs> I I don't know. Would a doctor do that? That it's almost. Yeah, they do. They will. They will. I mean, circumcise you can get a, a man. If think about all the surgery you that you can number? get by request. Yeah. And <laughs> is there? Do you know a guy that does that well? Because I'm looking to. I don't. <laughs> to, but you know, if you can up. get butt implants, you can get circumcised That's after true. childhood. Yeah. I I do think there is. Maybe this is the a few episodes when we talked about the diaphragm and how it was like people don't talk about that on TV as much anymore. I don't know about diaphragms, but also just like, I feel like circumcision, circumcision, like how ugly are penises with foreskins? I don't feel like that would make it onto TV that now. definitely would not play on because, TV. Oh no. It'd be, you know. There'd uh, definitely be tons of articles about being like, we shouldn't shame men with their foreskins. Exactly. And, and just the way Charlotte reacted, like yeah. when she first saw it, she was like, it literally was like someone stole her lunch money. She was like, like devastated. Did yeah. not want, did no. not want. <laughs> but I, I think, but that's the thing, you know, they have the four women talking about circumcision, you know, what, how they feel about uncircumcised right. penises. And I, you know, I think I've, you know, women do have those conversations. I'm sure, of course. And I thought it was interesting because they all kind of knew what they thought. Like they yeah. had never thought about, you know, as if they had never thought about it before. And yeah, has five she, out of the infinity men that uh, Samantha has slept slept with were circumcised. She was counting them. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't necessarily buy that Charlotte. I, I don't know. It's like mostly most Europeans aren't circumcised. Right. I have been in a hostel in Prague and I saw... 
a lot of anteaters. I mean, when I when I go to a lot of anteaters, anteaters. I a lot of when I go to Europe, I I just line up with other guys and we pull down our pants and compare. In general, show me. Are you circumcised? Hey, how you doing? No, but you're right. I think it's it. I think in America, it's more of a like cross the board thing. Usually, it's more it in Europe. It's there's less circumcision. I have no idea, but you know. I know that. I, I mean, I, I know that's true because I, I like remember traveling, like backpacking across. When you're Europe over in college. Prague soon, yes, when you I go will there, be in Prague, keep an eye out. I will ask. <laughs> I will ask people about. Yes, are you circumcised? Why do you want to know? Well, we watched this episode of Sex in the City, and <laughs> there it is, came up. It is, <laughs> <laughs> there is like, yeah. I I had um. I, I am uh, circumcised. Uh, this is Kevin speaking, if anyone was wondering. Um, but I remember the first time I ever even thought about it, I was in health class with Mr. Clegg. Shout out. So He's Mr. Not, Clegg? not with us anymore. Mr. Clegg? Uh, he passed away. But he was, we were just teaching normal health class and I never even thought about, I don't know, I guess like you never even think about it if you've never had one. And, um, and he was just like... Uh, they do this thing, and this may have happened to many of you, but when you're born, they cut off part of your penis, and that is abuse, and that shouldn't happen because that's where most of the uh, the most cells and the most like uh, tender nerves. part of nerves of your body. So you would enjoy sex more when you're sexually active if you had a foreskin and you were this was stolen from you. And I remember being like, "What?" It was just a lot of information <laughs> oh, to go yeah, through yeah. in in high school, and then. And and I don't when know when you hadn't had sex to compare it to. Or? No, I, I I hadn't, and I still haven't had sex with a foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you don't have that comparison. I mean, I don't think I knew about circumcision or, at all when I was a teenager. I don't think I knew it was a thing. We had one friend of ours that was that had a foreskin, and we all in high school just called him Smegma Boy. <laughs> oh my god! So there is there is. Uh, <laughs> I mean. But we did the same thing that Charlotte did. Picked on, picked on the poor, poor guy. Do you think he's getting yeah. an adult circumcision right now? Just man, Kevin used to call me Smegma Boy. I just, Take I didn't even off. know what that meant at the time. Everyone called him that, and I was just like, I was like, what, what is that? If you don't know what Smegma is, please don't Google it. Yeah, but, no. but also, if you do have a foreskin, you got to make sure you, you clean that. Yeah, you got to make sure you clean it anyway. <laughs> yeah, if you don't, yeah, you don't, not just you, if you have listen, a foreskin. If you don't have a foreskin, go home. <laughs> No, I dip your I, dick in the dirt and you never do wash have to clean it. But I will. There are specific things you have to do if you have a foreskin to make sure that it stays clean. What are the? I, I'm, I'm you have not, to pull the foreskin back. You have to clean under, and if you don't, then you get all this. You get smegma. Really? Sounds yes. Like you do have a foreskin. <laughs> I know you, about it. You because, know way more about this than I do. Well, I've I've learned a lot about it because because Mr. Clegg made me That's funny. wonder what I was missing Shout out, out on. Shout out to Mr. Clegg. Shout out to Mr. Clegg. Um, I wanted to steer the conversation back to Sex and the City here real quick and bring up a scene that I thought was very New York, but also very un-New York. Uh, and that was when um, it was the first scene with Carrie and Samantha walking through the park, uh, which is a very New York thing to do. A lot of people will walk with their friends through Central Park, mm-hmm. dish about the week's news. But both of them were eating uh, pretzels. The, the pretzels. Mm-hmm. And oh, I love this conversation already. <laughs> I, I don't spend a ton of time in Central Park. I used to spend a lot more, but I rarely saw... People like Samantha and Carrie walking around casually jamming a pretzel. I think when I moved here, 
There's like a few things when I moved here that I was like, oh, I can't wait to like go do that thing. And one of them, weirdly enough, was like, I saw these street carts and was like, I want to get one of those big ass New York pretzels. Yeah. And they are the most disappointed thing. Yeah, you oh do. my God, I love them. Oh, to me, really? This no, to me, they're, they're so like, they put them on, they get the tongs, put them on the coals. They're cold in the middle. There's too much bread. I I never get it, but I didn't know this till a couple months ago. Philadelphia is known for their soft pretzels, and that's like a big thing. Is a Philly soft pretzel, and I had one in Philadelphia, and it was better. But I don't like the New York ones, and I also hate the chestnuts that they sell. Those things taste gross. Now you're just I've being a some, jerk. Yeah, I've had some jerk. really beautiful pretzels. I don't know. Oh, so just... so for you that was an accurate. So do, have you walked through the park with Absolutely, your girlfriend? Absolutely, yeah, eating pretzels. Totally. There's also definitely been, and the, eating a popsicle and whatever's on the cart. You yeah, know? I yeah I, eating I, hot dogs or whatever. I'm down with dirty water hot dogs. Because people, those. yeah, people in New York walk around eating more than people in other cities. Oh yeah, it's that, a very big walk and eat city. Mm-hmm. There has been a war on carbs since that episode that's, there has there has with true. the south beach diet and with the at the atkins diet yeah that's when people started being like what yeah, you're not bread going was healthy class <laughs> and eating and eating pretzels in the same the same week yeah but i you know i think that's part of the fun of watching it is like they're indulging in yeah yeah you know junk yeah. food it's I, junk food i do think that's one thing that we see through this show that it seems like they try to they try to like show that the women like get together and like eat bad Chinese food together. Eat like they try to be like, this is what people do. Men or women, they eat junk food. They mm-hmm. talk like they indulge. I think um, what what would we say is our favorite street food in New York? If you have one, what you can go around. Mine has got to be halal cart food. Love Absolutely. It. And I and actually Absolutely. I started my own war on carbs a couple of years ago. And I will bomb the carbs. Uh, no, but I don't. But I'll go. Just get like, it no rice. Get it always. Hal- Hal- just get, salad. get. I get combo with salad, and it's it's Abs- every time. That's so chicken combo. That's mix. chicken and lamb. Yeah, chicken and so lamb mixed with salad, uh, white sauce, and a little hot sauce because the hot sauce is so hot. Are we yeah. talking Rafiki's? I, I'm not a big Rafiki's halal cart guy. Is Rafiki's the halal guys? Yeah. No, no, no. Rafiki's no. is different. Oh, Rafiki's is different. No, I do like Rafiki's. Rafiki's Don't. red red sign with yellow letters. Yes, but halal guys are also red and yellow colors. Uh, they're really yellow good. sign with red letters. Is this true? <laughs> yes, it is true. I, halal guys to me they cost more and, and they're they're not as good. Too long of a line. Too long of a line. Not as good. Better Rafiki's lamb, is though. good. I, I like that, or I just like straight up like normal dude, normal cart yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's got to be popsicles for me. Ooh, popsicles. I really—I don't know if that's what you like. Food, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a pop, great answer. I love being able to just go walk through Central Park and get a rainbow pop. Yeah, and go to the museum, and that's—I actually do that. What so, museum? The Met. Still, yeah, I'll just go to the Met with nice. my rainbow pop. That's amazing. Is, and try to eat it before I go in, so because <laughs> they're not gonna let me take in my pop. Um, is the Met free by donation only? It's uh, it. They now have a minimum or if some you're a set resident, charge. It's still free. For, if it's a resident, still pay what you will. Okay. And I think there's a set price for visitors okay. from okay. out of town. Makes sense. Wait, what are you guys' foods, cart foods? Um, Mine would 100% be lamb halal. Probably halal. I also will, I love a Mr. Softy. I love a Mr. Softy with oh, rainbow sprinkles Softie. all day. I don't. I, it's not good. But it's comforting. I think Mr. Softy, you can like have an entire ice cream cone and it's like warm ice cream that yeah. just sticks together. Yeah. I don't like it's Mr. Softy. It's not good, but it's good. It's like fake food. I don't know. It's enjoyable though. I used yeah. to be a big Dippin' Dots guy. 
And now that's kind of death. disappeared off the radar of everywhere. Ice it's at amusement the park still. It's because we're it's because it's in <laughs> that's the past true. now. We're in the future. Yeah. That was the ice cream of the future, and now we're here. <laughs> um, it's, it's savory for me. It would be a hot dog. Savory, mm. yeah. Joe. You you mentioned that you noticed uh, big cat print in the episode. Yeah, lots of that, lots of animal print. I'm which glad made you're me here because happy. I didn't notice a single animal print that entire episode. I noticed at least three. Um, and actually, I have a picture of Samantha in a leopard corset in my book. Awesome. Like when she's flashing back to the 80s. But there's a lot of leopard print in the 90s. And Samantha was wearing a leopard print top. And then Samantha, the drag queen, was wearing a zebra print jacket. Oh, and then okay. Carrie wow. was wearing a tiger print coat. So I got my dose. So I was happy. That's amazing. That's awesome. Perfect episode for that. <laughs> yeah. Every episode, I think. <laughs> I think. There's, you know, it's a good time for animal print and with Patricia Field involved that's a definitely an element of her style. Yeah. What when was uh we don't have to spend a ton of time talking about leopard print in particular but when was the first usage of leopard print in in the world? Well, it's kind of hard to say but you know, the earliest stuff that I looked at was Egyptian. Okay. So they, they were they were It's hard to up. say though. Yeah. Pro I mean the Egyptians were really that was a long time ago. They they were probably the first. <laughs> yeah, doing a lot of stuff. I'll go ahead and authorize that. Yeah, but yeah, they were the first. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's different when you get in the twentieth century because once you have artificial fibers, stuff yeah. becomes affordable. And mm -hmm. and then when yeah. did it become? Was it always uh, uh, related to fashion, or was it necessity first, fashion second? Well, and the history now of fashion yeah. first, necessity second. Well, the history of wearing furs is a little different, you know, so leopard fur a lot of times was reserved for royalty or nobility. Mm -hmm. um, and there were sumptuary laws like, you know, commoners weren't allowed to wear it, um, oh. depending on where you were. And then there was a huge wave of animal print at the, both the beginning and the end of the 18th century. Mm. Mm. So, do you yeah. guys own anything uh, animal print? I own a Canada goose jacket that is not animal print, but it has co coyote fur. On oh, okay. that's not that's not no. That's, that's no. That's a no. That's gonna shut down. No, uh, no, that's it. That's all. That's all I own. Um, <laughs> I have uh, I have a Fred Flintstone Flintstone costume from. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't. No. Um, you gotta have a little leopard print just for fun. I know. It's what, just fun. Could you recommend uh, if we wanted one accessory that would be yeah. like what one male accessory should we get for leopard? Besides print? the you know the leopard thong yes. i'll get a leopard thong right <laughs> I, now i would say I'll everybody should have right a leopard now. thong or a leopard bathing you know leopard do you, speedo do you guys want to order amazon <laughs> leopard thongs and and wear them is there a fan, or, is no, there a you fan can go to the west village and get them yeah at uh crazy fantasy where would you say crazy yeah. uh, there are so many sex stores around there and there there's there are even less than there used to be um but there's like the pink pussycat and uh, I can't remember the name of the place, but it's fantasy. It's on sixth Avenue. And I think yeah, that's near West fourth stop, right? West fourth magical West. Forth. Yeah. I think yeah. that one's called crazy fantasy. Cause we crazy had fantasy. to have, we had to have a friend where I used to work at this TV show and they sent one of the PAs to buy a magazine there for a joke. And the magazine was called black inches. Oh, and you can only God. imagine what it was. Mm -hmm. And it was a, guy holding his black inches and it was they a were ruler like, enthusiast Mac. it was right? a it was a it was all black rulers measuring and rulers yeah. yep it was a rule yeah 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 um so Those stores are fun though <laughs> the salespeople are super fun oh i feel like they like were so happy to talk to this like scared pa about buying this magazine yeah they <laughs> cool. love that stuff yeah, yeah so i feel like uh we would be remiss 
if we didn't bring up the basic theme, which is can men change? Yeah. Mm. And, and women sometimes change once a blue moon. Well, yeah, that was what we ended up with. Yeah. But the Carrie's Carrie's like thesis that she typed out was can you change a man? Yeah. And that is like that still is a thing that pervades our I don't know relationship discussions and 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 i feel like it's still on tv of even like a lot of any relationship thing it's always the guy being like oh, i don't want to change and i, I don't know i've yeah. just heard that a lot so i was like wanted to maybe hear thoughts and discuss that uh in regards to i don't know what they were bringing up and why well first of all i always think it's it's interesting that samantha because she's uh, slept with so many guys is giving the advice, which isn't the same as having relationship insight. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, anybody can change it. People do all the time. So, you know, the thing is, can you force somebody to change when they don't want to, which is a totally different question, which I would say no. Mm. Well, I think it's, 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 unless it's something that needs to change, like societal as a whole thinks it should change. If you're dating someone and you see a need for them to change in order for your relationship to work, that right there is probably a, a, a red flag that there's a problem with the, how you and the, and the person work together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, always, I, I always say whatever problem you have at the beginning will be the problem you have at the end. Yeah, because huh. you should but, want to grow together in a relationship, but you should never be with someone and be like, this has to change about them or else it won't work. Because that's just, I mean, that's. I think ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like schedules can change. You know, they were talking about sure, schedules sure. unless he just wants to be a bartender, which a lot of people love it. I loved it. Yeah. But I think it's more about they did. They all did change. They changed from not communicating to communicating. Yeah. So I feel like they yeah. did yeah. evolve. Right. Which is what she kind of discovered is, is what the change that needed to happen for both of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That was really sweet. That was really sweet. I thought yeah. it was really sweet. I, I, I thought the song at the end of was so like tasteful and good it even holds up so much of the music is either just like the worst jazz music of all time like smooth elevator music oh. and no no not in this episode <laughs> not in this episode a lot of a lot of a lot of the episodes have some pretty cheesy music but i thought thought this one I thought this, was yeah, the, a pretty tasteful soundtrack it was, it was really good i did i did think some of the circumcision guys music was a little like <laughs> I like his or no his actually had like a well, weird what, what soundtrack would you play for discussing adult circumcision the scissor sisters yeah the scissor there you sisters. go <laughs> yeah. nailed it there you go i actually think though they're like the cheesy music you're talking about is actually really popular in burlesque and oh really sort of like jazz classics and so i know that they use the capital ultra lounge series a lot in sex in the city and when people started doing neo burlesque they used it as a background a lot in um like comedic numbers because uh, yeah because it's so cheesy hmm. but then people started doing like really sexy versions of this music or they found old sexy versions of this jazz and it became really popular for the more like slinky glamorous burlesque numbers uh, what's what's the soundtrack again you said the uh, name. capital ultra lounge series you can capital look it up. ultra lounge series Have i'm gonna I'll write that down and we'll you it's the most fun it's so fun have you seen much sex in the city related burlesque 
Yeah, I was interested in I, that you know, too. I don't know if I have. I wouldn't be surprised, but I've seen so much burlesque, I don't remember. I, so, I, I think someone, it would be great. Someone needs to start out as Mr. Big and end as Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> I love that idea. That, that is, is so fun. And what if as they did that, they it, they were every woman and they ended up as Carrie? Whoa. Ooh. That'd be great. Whoa. I love it. They work their way through, then they end up as Carrie. Oh and my then they, they end up sitting in a giant martini glass at the end. <laughs> oh, hey, burlesque or Cosmo. Yeah, they end up Cosmo. taking a bath than a Cosmo. Yeah. Are, are you listening out there? <laughs> right. um, I, I did see something on your Instagram like a week ago. I think it was a, I think it was a show that you had maybe a class show and there was someone that was like a giant green fish person. They, oh, was that the was Tallulah Talents. No, she was just doing a sea monster. Okay. And there's a, I actually do Godzilla. Really? So it's not that. Yeah. But there were two sea monsters in the show, and they both had really different takes on being a sea monster. So I wanted them both in the same show <laughs> to show the audience, like, you could do so many different things with the same theme. That's so, so fun. She was not the only sea monster in the show. <laughs> I love that. Maybe maybe because of Shape of Water, sea monster theme burlesque is, is getting rejuvenated a little bit. Maybe that's what's yeah. happening. Maybe somebody's done a Shape of Water burlesque show. <laughs> What is like, if you look back in all your years of burlesque, is there one theme that stuck out where you're just like, it was, it was so out there, so funny, so outrageous. Is there one that in particular that sticks out? I mean, they're all pretty great, but I, I was actually in a show called Blasphemy on Easter. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. So that was, I don't know. I, I mean, we do so many themes, like so many outrageous stuff happens. If anybody wants to see some really outrageous, really well yeah. done theme burlesque, the show to see is the Miss Coney Island pageant. There you go. Okay. It's so good. Where's when, that? when is it? it? That's in September. I don't remember the date, but if you want to see me, it would be August 3rd, which is probably. It's in a few days. Yeah, it's probably. And at Coney Island? Yeah, I'm. It's called Cat House. It's on Cat Friday. House Coney Island. It's, it's August, Friday, Friday, August third. Yeah. Wow. And I'm making the costume right now. Awesome. <laughs> do you have a, a? We can. We'll get to your 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 social media contact at the end. But do you have like a burlesque calendar if people wanted to see you perform? I don't perform as frequently as I teach anymore. Gotcha. Um, but I, I, you know, I announce on Instagram if I'm going to be performing. Cool. I announce classes. All the time. Awesome. What's, what is your Instagram? Just Headmistress so Joe. Headmistress Joe. Did does anyone? We asked about Sex in the City burlesque, but does anyone do like I know like burlesque names? People mm -hmm. have you know has, has any? Have you ever run across a, a Sex in the City burlesque name? Like anyone like I, Mrs. Big? Not that I remember, but that doesn't mean it hasn't scary happened. Scary Bradshaw. Well, we had a Scary Bradshaw. Yeah, yeah. Scary Bradshaw. Horror, that would be mine. horror movie. Sex in the City theme yeah, burlesque. Cool. Yeah, great. She's just dead the whole like, time. Yeah, we had on <laughs> Carrie. He was uh, Carrie Dragshaw, which is uh, he's a big, great. big Instagram star now he's and a drag queen. Um, yeah, and he was a great guy as well. Dan Clay. Dan Clay. Listen to the Dan Clay episode of the Bradshaw Boys right. in our in our first season. Well, so actually, we had uh, one of the things. Uh, the circumcision guy. What was his name? Mike. Mike Flapper. Mike Flapper actually <laughs> stole. Our idea, because he had the five whisk rating five system, whisk. system yeah. as should, a food critic. Should today's episode be the five? Should we do on one to five whisks in honor of honor Mike's of Mike? foreskin? That's <laughs> no. now in a trash. Can we do one to five. We can foreskins? do one to five skins. <laughs> there you go. 
One thing uh, that I did think would have been funny is, you know, when you when you have a bris for a baby mm-hmm. and, and they're circumcised, um, if you do it traditionally, a moil comes in mm-hmm. and they suck the blood out of the penis. And I wondered if that would happen to 35-year-old oh Mike gosh. Flapper. Yeah. If a it's probably Samantha. Just, it probably was. She's Samantha in moil burlesque. Yeah. And they're and trying they're trying out. to outlaw that. It's like a big controversy yeah. in, the, in the state of New York. I right see now. him in Union Square. Yeah. All right. So one, one to five skins or Cosmos is how we're rating this episode. Uh, Joe, you don't have to go first because we won't put you on the spot, we'll go. but we'll make Corey go first. Good God, John. Why would you put me on the spot? One to five Cosmos. Where are we at? I'm going to go I either one to five Cosmos, Whisks, or Skins. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go four. I'm going to go four. four I skins. really, really like this one. Four Skins. Wow. Uh, I thought this one was great. Uh, I, I always... Four Skins. Four skins. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for getting that before Woo! anyone else got that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it was really originally John's joke. But uh, I no, I feel like um, that I want to save a five rating, you know, and I, I feel like when we get a five, I'm going to know it's a five. But this one was really good. Very and we, good. And we talked a little bit about it, but the ending scene, like Miranda and Steve, and then he calls her. And then the line that you brought up earlier is, you know, it was like, sometimes you can't change you. You can't always change a man, but once in a blue moon, you can change a woman. And it's Great. like Steve's sweetness. He brought Miranda in. It was sweet. It, it honestly, like, I really started to feel some stuff then. And it wow. felt so good to feel again. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where I rate Leave for. it to Steve to bring up some feelings. Thank you, we'll Steve. Go, we'll go around this way. Uh, I am going to absolutely give it four Cosmo skins as well. Thank you. Great episode. And I'm like you. I wanted to give it a five. It had everything, all the elements what, that I think make a good Sex and City episode. It had the ladies dishing at drag show bingo. It had the ladies dishing at brunch. We had walking through the park with pretzels. We had four great storylines, although Samantha's was lacking a little bit. It was funny. I laughed. It had good music. We had big rock in the turtleneck at the end there. Four Cosmos. Absolutely. Great episode. I'm giving it 4.25 wow. Cosmos. Wow. And I thought that before you said your first answer. Wow. And... Uh, because I was like, you know, I was like, I don't want you to influence, but I was afraid you were going to say two and I was going to be out here looking like a doof. No, but, um, so yeah, I, I loved it. I think I've already given some a four, so that's why I needed to bump this up. Um, but I really, I loved it. I thought it was great and I do appreciate a little bit of heart. I felt like there's this need that you want that so many ones are goofy and like kind of cynical and stuff that they just fulfilled this need of being like, I actually kind of like what's going on and I'd like to just have, have a little feel happen. And that did. And I love that final scene. Mm. Um, and so 4.25. Awesome. Okay. And you can do um, half and quarter Cosmos. Like he just did a 4.25. Okay. Yeah. And I've, I've, you know, I've never rated one before, so I don't have anything to rate it against, but I, I thought it was just so charming and the dialogue was so much fun and they all looked wonderful and New York looked fantastic mm. and had so many things that I love about New York and it had drag queens in it which are just so wonderful and <laughs> it was just so good and honestly I'm going to give it 4.5 awesome wow, wow. Yeah, after the episode you you did say a comment that I'm I'm going to have to watch more of this yeah now. it made me want to watch more Sex Woo-hoo. in the City be- and great. it's Mission you know I just really enjoyed it awesome well, remind everyone what your social media handles are. Where can we hear about you? Where can we find out more about you? 
Oh, no, I'm actually supposed to promote myself. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weave it in. Um, yeah, so I uh, had Mistress Joe on Instagram, and I am Joe Weldon on Twitter. And I have two websites, uh, but you can reach them both through schoolofburlesque.com. Schoolofburlesque.com. And if you don't want to see that, you can just go to historyofleopardprint.com where I announce my uh, book events. And it is a really beautiful looking book. It's Thanks. shiny. It's awesome ah. looking. Congratulations. It's yeah. really yeah. exciting. And you're thank an you. absolute like legend. Thanks for doing yeah, this. Thank you so oh, much for joining us. We're like so oh, honored. You, and, yeah. yeah, this is Oh, so no, fun. I'm so honored to be here. It's so much fun. Awesome. And, and also, <laughs> if you. someone wants to take a class with you, you do those pretty constantly. If someone wants to take a yeah. burlesque class. We have calendar. The calendar is on schoolburlesque.com and there are, there's every week. All right. Awesome. Go to Joe's website. And if you end up taking a class with her, let us know. Yeah. Shout yeah. it out. And we'll <laughs> shout you out. We'll yeah. tell people to come to your show. And remember, everybody... Physical violence is never the answer. Nope. That's true. Don't hit don't hit big in the face if he <laughs> knocks you out of bed. And as always, this episode was brought to us by the diaphragm. Thanks again for blocking all that unprotected sex. Is that <laughs> I think that's sex? what it does. Thank awesome. you, diaphragm. Thank you, right. diaphragms. Thank you. All right. Thank bye you bye. so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at The Bradshaw Boys, and if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.